Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, we are set for another episode of the Georgia Podcast, and in the studio joining us today is Mike Stiles. He is the Commander-in-Chief uh, of Brand Content Studios, Content <laughs> I like Marketing. That. yeah. <laughs> when did I win that election? Yeah. Congratulations on the promotion. All, right. All the votes have been counted. It's official. <laughs> So you're the uh, content, uh, running a content marketing communications and content strategy company. You're a writer, you're a content producer. Uh, now you're uh, uh, coaching people on podcasting. All these, um, uh, you've done uh, an amazing background in a video as well as some uh, radio background. Tell me a little bit more about uh, Mike's story in 17 seconds or less. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> well, you're making me sound like a renaissance man, which means old, like I showed up around the renaissance. No, it came from traditional media. I was a TV news anchor and reporter for a while and uh, got to uh, fill in and be the main anchor because the main guy was drunk a lot of the time. (laughs) And so (laughs) the backup got some... And you didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. How about another drink? You need one more bourbon. (laughs) Six martini lunch. (laughs) It was wonderful. And so... uh, Left there, went back into uh, radio and hosted some morning radio shows in different markets like Austin, Raleigh, Cincinnati, uh, here in Atlanta. At Star 94? Yeah, it was at Star 94 for seven years wow. during the, the golden years right. <laughs> of Star 94. Very, very fun. Yeah, uh, Ran a national radio comedy network for a while, so we did uh, comedy bits that went out to all of our affiliates all over the okay. world. So uh, it uh, it trained me to be very disciplined in terms of you got to deliver every day. The show goes on four hours a day. You got to come up with something to do, something to say, and then you know the comedy bits. And so I went on to uh, do a uh, help found a live sketch comedy theater company here in yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, we were talking about that before we went on the air, but I didn't know you did comedy radio or bits uh, like a radio broadcast as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I was okay. so repulsed by the news business that I went <laughs> totally the other direction and started doing comedy, and that worked out really well. And a lot of news today is comedy, so maybe it's come full circle. It's a joke, you, can get back right. into, you can get back into the news business. <laughs> it's definitely a joke. But uh, then, you know, you see where radio is going, yeah. and you read the tea leaves, and you watch the canaries in the coal mine die, <laughs> and you th- figure, well, uh, I think, uh, you know, digital marketing and content marketing, yep. social media marketing, that's the new media, right? So transitioned into that, got onto a, a startup in Atlanta called Vitru, which, which was a social media marketing platform. So ran content for them, did the blogs, the all the copy, all that type stuff, and they got acquired by Oracle. So suddenly I find myself working for one of the biggest technology companies. Right. So same thing there, ran content, ran their social channels, started a podcast for them, a daily podcast. And back in that time, Oracle really didn't have right. a lot of podcasts. Um, so we left there, went to IHG, so went into the hospitality business for a while, was a manager of enterprise content strategy. So that's where I learned the importance of actually putting together more comprehensive plans for content and communications rather than just checking boxes and winging it and hoping something happens. You know, everything you do, everything you make needs to be tied to some kind of, uh, have some kind of strategic approach to it. 
Yeah, it's uh, that coherent plan, right? Not just uh, you can create content, then what? Right. Yeah, or, well, or more probably in advance. Why are you creating the content? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people will come to us traditionally because they want they need to get a video made. That's, right. that's so much of what we get when sure. people come to the door. I need to get a video made. OK, well, great. Well, we're happy to do that for right. you. We do that a lot. Um, now, what's this video supposed to do? Who is it for? What is it supposed to accomplish? What do you want people to do after they've watched it? What are the distribution channels this is going to go out on? Will it have any support from other formats on other channels? And their eyes just oh, go yeah. blank. Their response is like the Scooby-Doo, rut-row. Rut-row, <laughs> we haven't thought about this at all. You know, they have no answers to these questions. And that's when I back them up into, okay, content strategy isn't something that needs to be big or scary or expensive. It just means having a plan yeah, yeah. You know, behind what you're doing so that it's, you know, cohesive. Right. It's like saying, I want to write a book. Great. What's that going to look like? Right. Right? You know? <laughs> How many pages? <laughs> right. Who's your reader? Who's your audience? Whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. So not just reverse engineering it, but having uh, more than a short term. Uh, I mean, there may be cases people say we have this event. Can we have a videographer at the event just capture the the organic content? Right. Right. But you're looking at more uh, over time creating a series and a mission behind their brand. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of operations are going forward in content chaos is what I call right. it. It's just they really are. It's very ad hoc. It's very, right, yeah. uh, you know, different departments are doing different things and none of it is connected or cohesive. You don't you don't get an overall sense of the brand and who the brand is, the personality, the voice, all that type stuff. And, you know, what is the brand story itself? Right. Every, every piece of content that you make needs to be connected to and loop back to the brand story. Um, so, again, content strategy, it's a very, uh, it's a confusing phrase. You, if you tell 10 people what content strategy is, you know, they'll have 10 preconceived notions of wow. what it is. For some people, it's the creative part, right? It's right. the, you know, what are we going to make? What are we going to shoot as a video? What podcast are we going to do? For other people, content strategy means the tech stack. You know, what are the marketing automation technology, you know, vendors and tools that we need to get? What is our CMS going to be, our content management system? So some of the people approach it on the technology side. Right. There are like 12 different disciplines that fall under content strategy. So really it's too broad of a term. When you're talking to people, you have to be much more specific about, here's what I can do for you. Yeah, and then, um, then once you create the content – then, you know, production, distribution, all the other moving parts behind the scenes, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, again, that plan has to include, you have to know who you're talking to. So you have to know exactly which of your audience segments this is going out to. You have to be intimately knowledgeable about who they are, what they like to get, what they like to read, where they get this content will determine what channel you're going to craft this for. And then everything has to be formatted perfectly for the channel that you're, you're doing it in. And what we talk a lot about is being able to scale your content. So, right. you know, let's say we start with a video. Well, that video is going to go on YouTube, but it doesn't have to stop there, right? right. You can strip out the transcript, and that's going to get you four blog posts. Oh, yeah. You can strip out the audio. That's going to get you a podcast. You can chop that video up into minute-long or 30-second videos. That's going to populate your social channel. So you can get a lot of content mileage just out of the commitment and the investment in getting, you know, step one done. And what's the balance of uh, clients that are looking for uh, that big picture, you know, just uh, – 
creating content to, for their brand and their mission as opposed to ROI. And they need to see the KPIs on this and, and um, uh, what's the result. I mean, is, is there any indication of how many people are looking for uh, you know, revenue or results from that, or they just want to have a presence? Right. Well, it's, you have to determine up front, what are, what are we going to be judged by? Right. We're making this content. What are the success metrics? What are you going to be happy with? Are you going to be happy with engagement, which means the likes, the comments, the shares, you know, people, here's right. how many people saw it. They watched a lot of the video, not just the first 10 seconds and right. then left. <laughs> you know, so it's like if, if, if that's the goal is the content is good enough that people are interested in great. Or are you looking for conversion? Are you really looking yeah. to see, okay, how many people acted on the CTA, the call to action right. at the end of this piece? And, uh, you know, lead generation, which conversion is certainly a part of. It's like, did the people go from the content to the website? Did it drive a lead to the website? So that, but, you know, you have to be, you have to be fair and you have to be reasonable about what content can accomplish. You know, it's not going to sell your product in one video. Right, you right. Know, and, and cover the you know, whole breadth and depth of your business. So, yeah, it's. There is a difference between advertising and content marketing, and a lot of people don't understand what that difference is. Explain the difference then. Advertising is buying space in someone else's content. Okay. So they didn't come there to hear you. They came to hear something else, and you interrupted with your ad. Right. Yes, they saw it, but the relationship with you is... You, you know, what are you doing here? Right, right, exactly. And, and <laughs> Who exa- invited you in the house? Right. Yeah. <laughs> an example is you listen to radio for music, and right. the music stops, and ads come in, and that's not why you listen to the radio, but right. they're there, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And if they're often enough, eventually, when you have the need, it's like all the stars have to align, right? Yeah. I happen to need, you know house cleaning service at the time, and I'll call that number, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with advertising. Right, yeah, it still works. Yeah. It just is what it is. Right, right. Uh, and then content marketing is about you're the thing that people ask to see. They wanted to see that video that you made, that video series, how to this or how to that. People came to that. They searched for that on YouTube and they asked to see it. So you're not interrupting anything. Right. You're and, the show. And in today's world, they're actually subscribing to that. Exactly. Right. So they're uh, those raving fans or people with high level of interest in whatever your message is. Right. And that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Now, the mistake that people are making in their content marketing is really they're doing ads and just calling it content because right. they're selling themselves so hard in it. Uh, that's where you make a mistake. Content marketing is more about giving value and entertainment and information to your audience. It's not about getting out there and selling yourself. You're going to get benefit because right. you're the presenter of this valued content. But that's another thing that makes it different from ads. You're not shilling yourself quite so, you know, hard. Right. All right. You're listening to the Georgia Podcast. Rich Casanova here alongside uh, Mike Stiles and with uh, Brand Content Studios. Uh, We got a few other topics we're going to hit on, but how would folks find you online and reach out to you? They're like on the edge of their seat. Man, I need this guy's uh, (laughs) widget. Are they? Yeah. Okay. This is where it becomes an ad, right? Because no, it's brand content or brandcontentstudios.com. Cool. Spell it out. Spell it out. Uh, Three relatively simple words, right? (laughs) Okay. So, um, and so Let's talk to us about now about internal, external versus uh, marketing or content strategies. How does that differ? Yeah, so things are really changing. Um, You know, employees don't have any obligation to, uh, 
you know, look for and consume the emails and the information and the content that you send them. They right? don't? They really don't. <laughs> we need to update our employee policy yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you assume that, well, they have to because yeah. this is an email that came from the boss and everyone's reading it. You right. know? It's just like, you know how crowded everyone's inbox is and you yep. know how many emails you get all the time. And even from your own company, you know, they sometimes over communicate and it's just like, oh, this, it's not really necessary for me to read this, you know. And, and you get caught with the one that you did not read. You read all oh, of yeah. it except for the most important one, <laughs> according to the boss. Yeah, totally. But just like you have an obligation to create great and valuable and worthwhile content for external audiences, you have to do that internally as well because communication is vitally important. Uh, I think 80% of all problems, missed opportunities, and limitations in any organization, even families, boils down to communication. 100%. Poorly done, not done at all, or it's deceptive communication, or it's insincere communication, or it's not clear. Uh, So the way you communicate to your employees is critically important, and you can do that with entertaining and information or infotainment content, you know, give them videos, show them, you know, what you want them to buy into, explain it to them clearly and thoroughly. Don't assume they're going to get it through osmosis or because they quote unquote have to. Right. You know, that's, that's not the way to get someone to buy in fully and contribute to the extent that they can. It makes them better employees when you communicate well with them. Yeah, that, that's not something I think, um, uh, really would come to mind right off the top when you think about c- creating content yeah. for internal purposes. Uh, what are some examples be- besides, because I think most, con- uh, you may or may agree, but I think most content created internally is virtually just emails. You know, did you read the latest uh, uh, corporate newsletter? It is. Right. It's, it's the, in the old days, it would have been the notice that went up on the cork board in the right. break room, right? So <laughs> exactly. then, then technology <laughs> happened and it became email cork boards. Right. And you just get all this stuff and you don't know what applies to you. Most yeah. of it doesn't, you know, right. and people learn that over time. It's like this probably, they filter that out. Yeah. This probably doesn't apply to me kind right. of approach. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of organizations now are undergoing change management. Right. You know? So they're instituting a change in the organization. It's very important. It affects everyone. How do you communicate that change to your people? How do you get them to buy in fully and fully understand what it is you're doing, why you're trying to accomplish it? And a lot of thought, deliberate thought and deliberate content creation should go into communicating that across the board to your employees. Yeah, I would think, I'm, I'm sure there's some companies that do a, a phenomenal job of this, but I just, I can picture companies, if they did that uh, weekly or monthly, bi-monthly update, you know, here's the message from uh, the home office, here's what's happening, here's what's new, then uh, in an ideal scenario, at least most, if not all the people were kind of on the same page, right? Right. Because sometimes employees felt like they got left out, they didn't hear the news, because, and rather than your inbox in an email, a different form of communication. Yeah, right? and repetition. Yeah. So, you know, you can come at them with different formats. Uh, you know, sometimes there are social media, sometimes the best way to yeah, communicate yeah. with your employees, right. or sometimes it's a video, or sometimes it's a video series. And just hammering that message over and over. Don't make any assumptions about, well, we told them once in an email, and so now they completely understand. Right, right. And they're giving us the best that they've got. Well, no, not if you've done it well. And so, it really surprised us because when we started our business like three years ago, um, we thought it was going to be mostly external communication. Right, yeah. Most of our work has been 
internal communication strategy and content strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think you're onto something. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, the shocking news is employees are people too. And right. think about all the choices that they have to read and watch. Oh, you yeah. Know? They got Netflix. Oh, That's good. what you have to compete with. Right, yeah. Good Just because you're their boss right. doesn't mean your quality doesn't have to be as interesting as what they could watch somewhere else. Have you seen examples where companies are able to integrate, um, you know, some survey or feedback or gauge, uh, like you've talked about metrics for the external communication, mm-hmm. how many people are watching this, how far along into it, maybe kind of a quiz or a survey afterwards to make sure that you're sending out message A, are they um, collectively is there a way you can measure, are they understanding the message? You know, maybe like a quiz. Yeah, well, big know? big picture, most companies do these employee satisfaction surveys. Right. And so you can insert that question, you know, is the communication you're getting proper the way you want to get it? So you can kind of take a feel for, you know, how do people prefer to get information, right. that type of thing. But in terms of launching a specific program, yeah, interactivity or an interactive yeah, yeah. quiz type thing. I will tell you about a client who was a big uh, consumer packaged goods company. They wanted to increase, you know, the ability of their employees to participate in conversations about technology. So it was an old guard company. Not everyone was up on up to speed on the terms and that type of thing. And so the goal one was to assess where they were, what their literacy was right. in these areas. And after that assessment, goal two was to set them on a path of self-guided uh, courses to to basically make themselves future-proof, to get themselves uh, more technology savvy, uh, which I thought was amazing. It was brilliant because it was just really using content to drive forward and improve the quality of the overall workforce. Okay, so let's um, switch gears here. We've talked about uh, internal. <laughs> you want to talk about cooking? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. yeah, exactly. I got an Instant Pot. <laughs> yeah. It Did rocks. You bring something? Yeah. Any uh, bourbon you brought in today? Or it's a little early, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about um, internal, external uh, content creation and a strategy behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about um, this idea of emotions uh, driving content, which you know comes first, chicken and the egg. But uh, how do you? Where do you see emotions coming into play? Is that um, something you have seen results with that really make a difference? Well, it always does because we are human beings and we are driven by emotion. There's, There's nothing that you're going to do today, nothing, that you weren't motivated by some emotion to do, either positive or negative. You know, we take the actions that we take because we are motivated emotionally from the inside in some way to take that action. You went to work because you had a fear you'd get fired if you developed a (laughs) habit of not showing up to work. So, and that's where storytelling comes in. Yeah, talk to me about that because I was looking at your website, The Power of Storytelling. So, uh, I don't know if you can tell me a good story or, now from your comedy (laughs) background, uh, tell me a joke, Mike. (laughs) Right? Gosh. (laughs) No, but like uh, that that's so uh, comedians, you know, well, talk we, about that. Like We already uh, talked about politics, so that was <laughs> exactly, probably the yeah. biggest joke that we could bring up. I always think that that's funny when a fan comes up to a comedian. Tell me a joke. Yeah, like, that's, do a funny <laughs> voice. Right, right. Mm, yeah. Put a nickel so, in the machine if you want the chicken to play the piano, right? <laughs> right. So storytelling, how does that uh, come into the mix? And what's so, the power of that, I guess? Well, when we get information as humans, when data comes at us, we naturally 
try to organize that into the form of a narrative. We've we've always done that since the beginning of our existence. Just wired that way. That's the way we share information is by telling stories. So from uh, pictures on the cave, uh, right? exactly. Yeah. And a computer wouldn't do that. You can just give it straight up logical information, and right. it will remember it, and it will store it, and it will organize it. But we don't do that. We We're, organize information in the form of stories. And that helps us understand it, and it helps us to remember it. Right. Uh, so while storytelling has kind of become an industry buzzword, it really is a real thing, and it, it really is a difference maker. Uh, because without story, you're not going to be able to tweak an emotion. Right. And without an emotion, you're not going to get prospects to do what you want them to do right. at the end of your content. And there are five essential elements to any story. And if you watch a TV show or movie, you will see all these elements. It's context, which is this is the state of affairs, how things are now. You introduce the players, the characters. You make us care about them. Something changes, meaning aliens attack or there's a threat or something disrupts right. the status quo. Uh, rising stakes is the third element. You've got to increase the tension. What's going to happen if this problem is not resolved? Right. Uh, enter the hero is the fourth, fourth element, okay. which, you know, for you marketers, the hero is not going to be you. Huh. It's not going to be you or your product or your service. Your customer is going to be the hero. You're just going to be the tool that makes them the hero. You're not Indiana Jones. You're Indiana Jones's whip. That's how you should think of yourself right. in terms of the hero. It's funny because I use this line a lot with uh, some of our, our clients now booking the studio, the podcast studio. We'll say, uh, I know, you, Mike, you're already famous. We're going to make you super famous. <laughs> right? <laughs> the S on my chest. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And then the fifth element is the happy ending, right? Which, you know, thanks to massage parlors, I can't even use that <laughs> phrase anymore. But We'll edit this part out. We'll yeah. say a better world. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's what yeah. we'll call it, a better right. world. This <laughs> nice. is now how are things since the problem has been attacked and resolved. resolved. You know, how, how do things look better compared to where we started? Right. And it shows you why it was worth taking that journey. So those are the essential elements of story, and you try to get that into everything you do from a content perspective, and it will become more effective because, you know, you are triggering human emotions then. And a part of those those uh, moving parts incorporated, we think, in terms of the entertainment factor, but in business, uh, in step four or five was the, or three or four, was uh, uh, identifying resolving the pain point. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, so you've re- you've raised the tension. Right. And so that pain point has become really, really clear. And that's right before the hero shows Steps up in, yeah. to ease that pain. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I know that marketers and business people are not entertainers. Right. You know, that, that's <laughs> what that's what we all have to accept. The people who entertain writers, producers, people who have put on shows. Right. Who are used to doing an entertainment thing, delivering on a consistent basis. They've developed that muscle over time. They instinctively know how to attract, hold, build, and compel an audience. Right. So it's okay if you're a marketer that's not an entertainer. But by all means, hire people who <laughs> right. are entertainers. Right. Hire entertainers and journalists, and they will serve you very, very well. They will make content that is not salesy. Right. That is not just, you know, puking out your features. Not a PowerPoint, of, you know, of, right? Yeah. Here's all the bullet points. And, I know uh, everyone gets excited about that internally, but your, yeah. your prospect, your audience is a human being, and you will leave them flat uninterested. Right. If you don't <laughs> compel them in some way. Well, like you mentioned earlier, now we're competing with the Netflix, right? Yeah. yeah. 
and and that's why uh, people are binge watching. Not only that, but they have uh, hundred, you know, not hundreds, but uh, countless uh, um, uh, avenues to you know get content. And you're competing with your, you know, other people in your space in a, in the business space. Yep. And you've got to you know do something not just out of the box, but you got to be current and not doing what you did ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, the trend that I'm seeing in a lot of businesses now is trying to build an in-house creative agency. Right. Uh, and that's fine if you want to try it. Intel tried it, and they abandoned the effort because they learned uh, some lessons. There are a lot of reasons to not do that. A, you can't staff up enough to s- provide the volume of content that you're going to need. B, truly creative types don't want to work a nine-to-five chained to a cubicle commute-in-every-day job and only deal with one product. They're free spirits. The best ones are. And and they're almost too close to the subject matter, right? Well, there it is. You know, you think the benefit is, well, uh, these people will intimately know know our product. Well, yeah, that's great, but the turnover is going to be so high that you're always going to have to bring in new people. So that kind of negates that benefit. And it creates an echo chamber, right? You yeah. know, it's like now you're just dealing with one thing and you're inside. You're, you're not going to get any creative outside-of-the-box right, yeah. ideas. You're, and mostly, you're not trying to please the public or the customer. You're satisfying an internal stakeholder. Right. So it becomes very dangerous to create this oh, in, yeah. insular, in-house creative team. Right, because if it doesn't go over, you know, uh, you're thinking, hey, this would be an awesome idea, but... Uh, the management wouldn't go for this, and right. I don't want to risk my job, whatever, right? I, I didn't anticipate all those um, uh, challenges there. In addition to that is that I call it the fishbowl effect, whatever, right? Totally. So at a certain point, you hit a, um, uh, a plateau where you're not thinking outside of the box anymore because right? Right. you're in the box. Your people get so beat down right. because they've learned they're gonna, the answer is going to be no to this, this, and this, and they want to please their boss that they right. stop trying. Right. They, even, they stop even trying to be creative, and that's the opposite of what you want. And another element could be with, a, with an agency, if you will, is that um, now you have a team of people, and they're working on 20 other projects, Yep. and all of a sudden – uh, from project 18, they say, this would really be great for this customer, right? And otherwise, you know, does that make sense? That, absolutely. And that goes back to, you know, going and getting true entertainers and journalists as opposed to brand marketers. Not so sure that's what you want when it comes down to who's going to ideate and come up with concepts and actually write and make something happen from a blank page or a blank screen. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, talk to me about what are some uh, challenges uh, in your business? You know, what's impacting your business as far as, um, you know, technology or things happening at, at, at warp speed? I mean, um, w- luckily, technology never seems to negate the need for great creative. Okay. You know, it's just like technology brings very clever and new ways to distribute and promote and uh, amplify great content. But so far, the robots are not coming up with creative things on their own that move people emotionally right. or inspire people or motivate. Maybe we'll get there. You know, I know yeah. there are computers, you know, who are writing articles like a lot of the articles you're reading now in newspapers magazines or whatever they were not written by a human ai you're talking about i'm reading uh, well 
It's it's called nat- natural language processing or or something. But anyway, it's you you feed in the basic details like sports stories. Right. Most sports stories are not written. Well, not most, but a lot of sports stories aren't written by people. A sports writer sitting there, or whatever. Right. Yeah. You just feed in the facts, and then the AI, the They'll machine, glean, yeah. will oh. actually put it into prose. Whoa. So there's that going on, but yeah. can can a computer on its own, can technology on its own come up with a brilliant idea that can change someone's life? Maybe, but not now, not a lot. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so we'd, uh, we're almost out of time, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, so it's, we're on a podcast platform, the Georgia Podcast, here on the Pro Business Channel. You have a podcast, the Content Marketing Quickity. Uh, yeah, Content Marketing Quickie. It's like <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes, and it's the top content marketing news of the week, and it's done in a very snarky way, and there's a lot of commentary in it to make it you know fun and interesting. But what it'll do is it'll make you very smart at uh, in conversations about content marketing. You'll, you'll always be on top of what's going on. You'll have something to contribute to the conversation, and you'll sound brilliant. So what are some recent episodes, or give us a... a snapshot of somebody listening to it what are some ones that come to mind some episodes that really uh, resonated recently well i mean it's a lot of podcasts are like this it's right, two yeah. people talking right, back right, and forth yeah. but this is more of a newscast okay uh so it's just like every week it's you're pretty much the same thing it's just the new and the updated stories so you were talking about trends and things that change in the industry right. you know here's a way for you to track and stay on top of what's changing in the industry and uh, kind of calling out things that uh, don't work. Or I think uh, the most recent episode talks about just how much money is lost to digital ad fraud. You know, yeah. we're writing big, big checks right. to digital ads. And every study that comes back says, you know, a solid 30% of that is going straight down the john. Wow. And it's like, okay, if, if marketers don't care, I guess nobody cares. <laughs> but uh, somebody's getting ripped off. Yeah. So just... Fun things like that to think about and stay on top of. All right. And they would find that where? Uh, same place, Brand okay. Content Studios. There's a podcast page there for it. Perfect. Uh, so we'll be. I'm looking at it now. Um, I may uh, listen to it and, and instead of listening to this show. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good multitasker would listen to both at <laughs> oh, the same good time. Good answer. Good answer. All right. So, uh, Mike, it was a pleasure having you in the studio one more time. How would folks uh, find you? Give that advertorial um, announcement? Uh, yes, it's brandcontentstudios.com. So if you're just not sure how to organize yourself around content, not sure what to make or how to get it made, we'll take you take care of you. Awesome. Thanks again, Mike. Uh, Rich Casanova here for the Georgia Podcast. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. 